Hello and welcome. I am Dr. Lara May, a clinical pharmacist specializing in functional medicine, as well as a certified yoga teacher and Reiki master. I run a truly integrative health coaching practice, encompassing functional medicine lab testing, yoga and meditation, and a sprinkling of Reiki energy medicine. Join me here on Light Body Radio to break through your health plateau and come into alignment with your natural vitality. Hello and welcome to Light Body Radio. I am your host, Dr. Lara May, and today I have with me Reverend Karen Cleveland, a minister, spiritual connection coach, and professional animal communicator. Karen is passionate about connection, whether it's with animals, God, the universe, your soul, or your money. She shares the message that it's all intertwined and related. Through individual and group coaching, Karen works with her clients to guide them to achieve their dreams by implementing the power of spiritual connection. Karen is also the host of her own podcast, The Connectedness Podcast, where she uncovers how coincidences, synchronicities, and even seemingly mundane moments of everyday life are connected. On the podcast, she interviews guests who share how these unexpected connections impacted their own lives for the better, and more importantly, lessons we can all learn from them to move towards a happier, more satisfying life. So I encourage you all to check out her podcast as well. Welcome, Karen. All right. Thank you so much. So great to be here, Dr. Lara. And congratulations on 100 episodes. That's wonderful. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Fabulous. Um, Yeah. So I'm excited today. We're going to talk about the soul's evolution and being in alignment with whole self, mind, body, and soul. So this is the things that I love um, so much and bringing people more connectedness in life too. I feel like um, a lot of my work on the physical end of things with the physical body and working with functional medicine, a piece of that that I always like to bring in is bringing that connection back to, so we are reuniting with our mind and our soul to the, you know, that connection with the body. So I'm really excited um, to talk about that with you today. Let's get started by just introducing yourself to the audience. So tell us a little bit about your journey and how you came to really be focusing in this work. All right, great. I will do that. I I would say I started out pretty normal, uh, middle-class upbringing in a suburb of Seattle and uh, raised in a Catholic family. So we had doctrine, but we didn't necessarily have spirituality. And throughout my life, I I liked the connections that I had through church. You know, I liked being with people, but I wasn't certain that it was what I aligned with. I, I kept feeling like there's something more, there's something I'm missing. And I didn't quite know what it was. I think I started some kind of a spiritual path. My sister introduced me to a psychic back in 1992. And that kind of started things rolling. But it wasn't until probably 10, 15 years later that I really was reading a lot of books. And I was 
I was really exploring, really knowing there was something more because I wasn't happy with life. So I didn't have a lot of meaning in my life. I had no idea what kind of purpose I was here for. I didn't know what to do. You know, I started a job out of high school because my mom thought it would be a good thing to do until I figured out what to do. And then, you know, 20, 30 years later, I was still doing it. Um, no particular passion in it. But of course, it's it's all part of my journey and has brought me to where I am. But when I, I started reading a lot, and then I actually started going to my church, which teaches metaphysical principles and spiritual practices, at the same time that I was also starting developing my animal communication journey. And I didn't know it at the time. They seemed like two separate things, but they both evolved and they were like catalysts for each other's for each other because animal communication is a lot like our connection with God, our connection with everything. And so that's really where it began. But then I found myself about five, six, seven years ago, um, gosh, it's been a long time now, just miserable. You know, I had, I was still, even though I was practicing these things and, and I would have some success, some manifestations and things like that, I was still not happy. In fact, at one point, I was living in my niece's uh, small rental house. It was a single wide trailer in a trailer park. I got the family discount. I had just left my that husband who we had filed for bankruptcy and foreclosure and and uh, life was not good. And then my adult son had to come home and to live with me because he was sick. And I just thought this, this cannot be my life. <laughs> There's just no way this can be my life. So I got super intentional about spiritual practices, about law of attraction, about mindset exercises, about everything. And within a year, I had bought my own house, which was a huge, a huge thing for me because I really believed before that time that as a single woman, I could never buy my own house. I always mm -hmm. thought, you know, other people might be able to, but... I would never be able to. So I bought my house. I traveled to Kenya on safari. I, you know, started l doing these things, living my dreams as, as I thought I should, mm -hmm. as I thought was meant to be. And what I've noticed since then is I've had a certain level of happiness. And I believe it has to do with my connection with the world around me and my connection with everything. And that's why I like to teach that through this connection, we can, we can just kind of establish a, a higher level of meaning or happiness in our life. Now, of course, that doesn't mean bad things don't happen, but the rebound time, you know, is much less. And so I, I then actually went to ministerial school. Uh, once, you know, I really became firm in these ideas, it's like, people need to know this. I need to teach all this, you know, everyone needs to know this because we don't have to be stuck in the struggle. We don't have to let it get us down all the time. You know, like I said, bad things are going to happen, but but we can rebound easier, faster, in a in a more productive way if we mm -hmm. understand what's going on in life. So I, I went to ministerial school uh, with 
Holmes Institute, which is Centers for Spiritual Living. And we took all kinds of things like neuroscience and quantum physics and psychology and philosophy, consciousness classes. So, um, so just through all those teachings and then my, my personal exploration, I'm a, I'm a forever student. And when I was looking to start my podcast, I knew I wanted to talk something about our connection with animals and our connection with God. And I couldn't quite identify it. So I did the Clifton Strengths. And my number one strength was connectedness. And it's like, well, there it is. That's what it is. (laughs) Yeah. So that's kind of what brought me here and why I want other people to be able to, to feel that as well, to know that. There is a way out. Yeah, I and I think this is a great place to start to excuse me, because I think so many of us and I know I did when I first started on my spiritual journey as well. When the word purpose came up, uh, I equated it to a job like, okay, I'm going to find my purpose and that's also going to be my career. But those two things aren't necessarily synonymous. And I think the other thing that sort of like threw me off about that word is that I also grew up in a religious community. Uh, It was Southern Baptist, so not Catholic, but still, like you said, like doctrine, but not a lot of, I forget the other word you used, but it was, yes, yes. Um, And so when I, you know, I heard it, you know, through church and different things like the word calling, you know, and then, and so now I use that word because I feel like I am living my calling. But for the longest time, I thought, oh, that that's only a religious term. You know, it only means yeah. like if you've heard, quote, and I, I'm using air quotes here, I mean, the, the rest of you can't see me, the word of God. And, right. and to me at that time, that was a very narrow definition of what that meant. So let's talk about like your definition or how you see purpose unfolding in people's lives or even your life. Sure. Yep. And the same thoughts about purpose. It seems like such a big thing out there. It's like, oh my God, I don't, oh my gosh, I don't know my purpose. You know, what am I going to do? Um, Am I going to live a meaningless life because I don't know what my purpose is? But I think we don't, like you said, it's not necessarily a job. But one way to help identify it is to find the things that bring us joy, the things that we love to do, the things that put us in this state of our natural divine happiness, joy, high vibration, you might, you know, some people call it. And from that space, those things that bring that to us will help lead us into, you know, if purpose is a thing that we're supposed to do. I'm not completely 100% on board that I am here to do one thing and one thing only. I think it's all a soul evolution. So everything that happens is going to help uh, help me grow, help my soul grow, help me define what's next. Because if we don't like what's going on, then we know it's an opportunity to shift and look at something else. And I... I've recently become a little more clear that that I don't know if it's um, that my purpose would be to to help others. So I think that kind of 
I, I might call it life's path. I might call it, you know, a, a purpose or a soul's path. But to overcome money struggles and find freedom and I and to help others find freedom. But I can't help others find freedom until I can find it for myself. Mm-hmm. So I think the, there's these qualities of the divine of of the best parts of life that are probably something we're here to to really tackle. So a lot of people have money with abundance or prosperity or freedom or beauty or clarity or wisdom, all these all these really great qualities, but there's usually something that we just can't get a grasp on that we need to do a little more work on to overcome. Yeah, and I love that you said it's not just one thing too, because I think that's also illustrating humanity's evolution from a very, like when we talk about physics, a Newtonian way of looking at things where everything's very discrete. That's one, two, three, four, or like 1.2, you know, 2.2, that way of thinking versus the quantum way of looking at things where things are a continuum. Everything is energy. And both of these things exist together, but our perspective and how we not only see ourselves within that continuum, which is the context of the rest of the world. So recognizing the concept of divine source versus like one religious God, for example, that's another Mm -hmm. difference of, you know, like how we're, I feel like there is this shift across the planet where we are starting to recognize, understand, and not only understand, but implement that into how we live our lives and see the world. And you're so right. Like it's very much an evolution. And I just want to say one more thing too, that even when we're living our purpose, that it's not going to be all sunshine and daisies all right. the time. Right. So we're, we're right. still on a 3D plane of existence. Exactly. We're human. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that we have to like swirl and like really stay in the muck. We can have those uncomfortable feelings and experiences and then you know um deliberately with intention bring ourselves back to the happiness the positive the alignment the purpose right absolutely and i think that's one of the signs that maybe we're learning something maybe we're evolving a little bit is when we are in the muck we say oh i'm in the muck and sometimes it's like well i'm going to stay here for another day because i don't feel like doing anything else but when I'm ready, I know what my tools are to be lifted out of it a little bit. And so, yeah, there's um, so many tools to use. We just need to to put them to work and to use them to help, you know, help with our growth, help with our evolution and help with our happiness and joy. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I, we've, I think we've talked about this before, but I just, just in case there's more that you want to bring to light about this, what are some of the risks of not being in alignment and living in alignment with our soul and um, our purpose? I definitely think, I think there's risks to the individual uh, and that's going to be unhappiness, um, feeling lost, not knowing where to go, what to do next. And it might be, it might not be totally low, but I do believe there's, that Maslow's hierarchy of needs does kind of say that if you don't have your very basic needs met, it's really hard to 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 get into the 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 soul evolution just because mm-hmm. we're so busy trying to figure out how 
you know, how to get cover, how to find a house or how to make money. Um, Mm -hmm. But so there's, there's, you know, risk to an individual person that you're just not going to be very happy at the very basic level of it. But I think there's a risk to the entire world and to you and to me. And I know for me personally, and this is selfish, this is totally selfish. It took a long time for me to understand that I feel other people's feeling and animals, the feelings and emotions, you know, of the world, which by, by the way, makes me a very good animal communicator. But, but when I realized I am picking up on the world around me, then you not feeling good is affecting me. But the thing is, I know that there were many, many years that I didn't know that. So there's a lot of people. And in fact, everyone is affected by the energy of the person around them. Most people don't know it. Right. So So talk about like another quantum physics um, element that's coming in. I love this too. (laughs) It has been scientifically proven that we, our vibration affects others. And that's like, it's natural. Like that's resonance. It's coherence. It can be dissonance. Um, but it's just part of how the universe works. And so some of us call ourselves empaths and that's, that's great. That's fine. But really all of us are empathic if we open ourselves up and allow ourselves to tune in and be aware and, uh, you know, sort of cultivate that part of us. Yeah, absolutely. So anyone that is, is living, uh, in a, less satisfying state of their life is definitely affecting everyone else. And that includes, I mean, all the wars, all the, everything that's going on, all, any kind of mistreatment to anything is going to affect the entire vibration of the world. So mm-hmm. like I said, you know, it's partly selfish. It's like, well, once I figured that out, I want everyone to be happy because it lifts us all up. It lifts me up. So Yeah, but for you personally, you know, for a person personally, there's an easier way to live sometimes if you're not in alignment with it. Yeah, and I I really think this also um, could be, I mean, right now, especially in the Western world, uh, at least in the United States, I can definitely speak to this um, crisis, this mental health crisis that's happening and unfolding. Uh, more and more people, even children and adolescents, are having complete mental breaks or having a crisis of, you know, suicide ideation or, you know, harm to themselves or others. And I really think that has something to do with disconnection and not being connected, feeling hopeless, helpless, completely disempowered. And, you know, I, the spiritual piece of that is like the soul saying, okay, I'm out. I, you know, this is not what I signed up for. Um, so I really, I, that's to me when I think about that, like, what are the risks of not living aligned? Mm-hmm. It can, it can, they can, it's a range, like it'd be benign of just being sad for a day, or it could be, you know, a complete soul crisis really. And so I'm really happy that we're talking about this because if anyone out there right now is feeling that, just know that we are all connected. There is help out there for you. Um, And what I'm about to say next might seem too simplified and trivial, but it's really true. It just takes a choice 
to really, you know, decide I am not going to feel this way anymore. I'm going to take control over what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling because I think a lot of us out there too feel like we don't have control over what our what we think or how we feel. And so um, I want to say that you do. And that's one of the, I think a big thing that turns people's lives around is that empowerment of, oh, I get to choose and mm -hmm. I don't have to choose this. Absolutely. It is a choice and how we decide to react to something because we have people in the same situation as us or through experiences we've been through and one person chooses actually um, what's his name man search for meaning um, Victor Frankel who mm -hmm. came out of the concentration camps I mean it's very much a choice to choose to live and to, to not succumb to the circumstances around you and it's not always easy you know if the people around you are, are not making that same choice sure. but at some point we do need to take our own you know empower ourselves and take responsibility for not what's happening but how we choose to react yeah i think you know? nelson mandela is another fantastic example of <clears throat> someone in really really dire hard circumstances and a mm -hmm. not not positive or fun or enjoyable environment by any stretch of the imagination right. but right came out of that and became a great teacher and a great leader and a great advocate for love and compassion and forgiveness. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So what's next? Where do we go from here? Um, I, you know, what can we say about knowing when we're out of alignment and choosing to come back into alignment? Or how do you sort of um, talk people through that contrast? Sure. So, so being out of alignment, so I think there's several things that might lead up to us not being alignment. Some of it is the circumstances of the world around us. Some of it is the stories that we tell ourselves. And I think that's one big way that keeps us out of alignment with how our soul wants to grow. Um, and, and also, and you may have touched on this earlier, but not listening to our body you know, the emotions and, and our body tells us a whole bunch. And I know I don't have to tell you, Dr. Lara, that, but but there is so much information by the emotions we're feeling and also by our physical ailments sometimes that, that not paying attention to those um, can put us at high risk. I mean, if you pull into a parking lot of a place you're going to a job and you're not sick, but the first thing you do is throw up, I mean... <laughs> That might be an indication it's not the right fit for you mm -hmm. and and you haven't been listening all along. But I want to go back to stories for a minute. If we believe that we're not good enough, that um, we're not valuable, that my opinion doesn't count, that I shouldn't be heard, that it's hard to make money, any of these things that people call limiting beliefs or false beliefs, I call them stories. They might be the rules that we're living by. These are going to keep us from listening to what our soul wants. Um, and you also have to have the, the practice or take the time to actually try to listen to what your soul wants as well. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's kind of a multi-factor practice. Mm -hmm. um, and, and 
and I say we need to en- engage mind, body, and soul when we're, you know, trying to achieve for something, when we're looking to our future and what do we want out of life and what are we going to do. And listening to our mind, like I said, is a lot of those stories, a lot of those mindset practices. So if I believe, I mean, kind of, maybe kind of a silly example, but there was a time when I was not happy with my relationships um, as far as friends. I didn't find them very satisfying. And I went to a kind of a therapist, a spiritual counselor, and we talked about it. And the thing he asked me was, he's like, well, do you have reverence for your soul when you're talking to them? And I'm like, what? What do you mean reverence for my soul? And what what I realized would, was happening is I was not being honest. So if someone asked me to go, let's go to a movie Friday night. Well, I didn't want to go with them or I didn't want to go to the movie, but I would lie and say, I have to go to my mom's. Instead of being truthful, you know, so so stuffing down what my soul was saying and lying. And, you know, lying has so many implications across the board and and we have to keep track of our lives sometimes. But I really learned through that whole process, if I was speaking to someone about how I felt and if I was listening to the stories that my soul wasn't good enough, that my opinion wasn't good enough, and I was trying to answer in a way that I thought they would like me, then um, that keeps us out of alignment because that keeps us from listening and expressing what our soul actually needs and wants, what our heart wants. Yeah. Um, Wow, that's really powerful. I think what you said about even though the reverence for the soul thing, and I've, you know, when you first said that, I'm like, ooh, what does that mean? But uh, how honest are we being with ourselves? I think that's so true. And and even that applies to the example that you brought up about, you know, if you're outside of your place of work and you're, you know, physically ill, even though you don't have anything that would be considered the contagious or a bug, uh, then yeah, that's a, that's a probably a big sign that it, that's not in alignment with you, but then you have to acknowledge that. Like, so this, I would say like, maybe if we want to take this to like a stepwise Um, starting to give tools here in this episode is, you know, how do we know the stories that we're telling ourselves? One of those steps is listening to the body. The body will tell you if what you're telling yourself is true for you or not. Mm -hmm. And it's just a matter of tuning in. If you're in alignment, something should feel good. It should feel like a yes. So sometimes with my clients, I'll take them through like, Say yes and feel that energy and now say no and feel how that feels different. And it seems so simple, like again, like oversimplified, but actually really powerful because that is part of tuning into your own self-guidance. Absolutely. If if you're outside of that door, you're about to go into work and, you you know, we all know like sometimes we have to do things that we don't want to. But if your body is telling you no, then that's at least start taking steps to so you don't have to make that keep making that decision every day, you know, so you're you can focus on something else that is in alignment with your path or with your soul. Absolutely. Yeah. So I will I will get into one of the tips that I give for for finding some of these stories in our that our mind our brain is stopping us. Our busy, busy brain wants us to stay, you know, comfortable and in the familiar. And 
that's if you have a goal or a dream, um, say it out loud. And, and when you say it, you need to, um, excuse me. <clears throat> when you say it, what comes up after you say it? So for example, oh my gosh, I want to go to Paris next year. I can't wait. To act oh no, I have a real life example. In a Facebook group the other day, someone posted, what if I said you're going to make $25,000 this month? And a lot of people were like, yay, great, woohoo. But most of the people said, how would that happen? I don't know how to do that. That seems impossible. So what are these buts, you know, the but statements that come up? Or what's the resistance when you, when you say that dream or that goal? And that's something that you need to work on. So if you think you don't know how to make $25,000 a month, is it because you really don't know how or you believe you can't do it? Other people are doing it. That was one of the things when I bought my house. It's like, there's a lot of single women that buy houses. Why can't I do it? Mm -hmm. Some, something's not right here. So really looking at what the resistance is when we say we want a particular dream or goal or believe we're listening to our soul and we put it out there and then we get these stories back that say you can't do that. Right. And being willing to. So first, I guess really the first step is setting aside the time and the space to allow yourself to ask the questions and reflect. So that's step yes. number one. Yes. Um, really, again, just create that whatever it is. It doesn't have to be long time. It could be five. It start with five to 15 minutes. Um, but I bet the more you do it, the more fascinated you'll become <laughs> if you're anything like uh, yeah. Karen and I. Yeah, <laughs> and so, exactly. Um, sometimes that turns into 45 minutes to two hours. <laughs> at least it's a slippery me. slope. <laughs> yeah, like, ooh, what's next? <laughs> I just keep on digging and uncovering because it's so fascinating. These, everything we've picked up from our parents, from society, from school, from friends, from church, from the media, all these things over so many years, however many yeah. years we've been on the planet, we've, we've been exposed to it and we have unconsciously, for the most part, taken it in. And then we start to live our lives by these things that aren't even true for us. And that's, I would say, even if like you and I were raised in two separate but very religious backgrounds, you would pick up a lot of things from that. And, yeah, you know, you can absolutely. choose later for that to be true for you or not. Just because someone tells you or says something to you does not mean that you have to make it true for yourself. So um, I also want to so empower true. people to choose for themselves. <laughs> Question everything. <laughs> I, yeah, I absolutely. Choose for yourself. I, and I, I think a lot of people have seen this in the last couple of years going through, you know, everything we've been through with um, just it's so much in society. It's not just one thing. There have been so many different ways people have been making choices and some have been listening to themselves and some have not been. But I am definitely an advocate of listening to your own truth. What What is it for me? And like you said, even if it's five minutes, it's something. So what I call a spiritual practice is anything that just leaves a crack in your busy brain for the spirit to come in and propose a new idea or propose, you know, your, your truth to come out. So, you know, if meditating doesn't work, journaling, contemplation, 
there's there's a lot of things that that can be done. Can I share? Actually, there's one thing that I do like to share with people that is so simple, and it seems it it might seem a little um, <clears throat> too simple, but just when when we're really feeling bad and we want to feel better, and I'm not asking anyone to not recognize the situation they're in or events that have happened, but just to lift our spirit a little bit, is to have on deck. So have a list of things that have made you happy in the past and that when you recall them, they might make you laugh out loud just to to remember them or bring a big smile to your face. And do that just for like a half a minute. Helps raise your your energy for the entire day, you know. So so I just call it, you know, my 20 seconds. I, I just say, bring a bring a moment of joy to yourself. And what is something that really makes you happy? And, you know, put the smile on your face. Just hold it and swim in it and remember that feeling for a half a minute. And that helps. Yes, that can completely recalibrate your energy. Uh, for yeah. sure. That's a great tool. Um, and because once you've shifted that, that takes your momentum in a completely different direction. So you're more likely to be able to, you know, see things in a different light, react to things in a different way exactly. and, and stay on that. Uh, Abraham calls it the high vibing disc. High yeah, vibrating yeah. disc. <laughs> um, you know, instead of being again, like brought back down to uh, the unpleasantness. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh, Right, but it so it you can then look at your problem, your situation from a different level, and mm -hmm. absolutely choose perhaps a different way to proceed with it, to overcome it, to go through it, whatever you need to do with it. But yeah, absolutely, yeah. excellent. So, what does it mean? And I think we've talked about this a little, but let's like be specific. What does it mean to include our whole selves? All right, yeah, our whole self. So when I say whole self, what I'm referring to is the mind, the body, the spirit. So your brain is busy and it's these stories, these false beliefs. It's the um, making sure our brain is on track with what we want, with what our soul is telling us. So let's go to the soul for a moment. Um, the spiritual practices, like I was saying, those are ways that we get in touch with what our soul wants us to know, what we need to, <clears throat> what we need to pursue and follow, and they're reflected in the body. So paying attention to those lower emotions that don't make us feel good, or that don't feel good, and and recognizing that, and also like we mentioned, you know, even a physical thing that might come up, not just an emotion. But when, um, when we engage all of this into our, I mean, our life, our, our way that we move through the world, then we help um, bring our, our, our divine natural self out. And that's how, that's how we express more meaning more happiness, um, we get to express our natural self. And here's the thing, people will like you for your natural self. So 
when I mentioned before that I was afraid, I was saying things because I wanted other people to like me. Well, now that I'm actually truthful and I express myself, there's still people that like me. It's just different mm -hmm. people. Yeah. <laughs> and that's okay. So, so engaging all these parts into, um, into our life through different practices. And, you know, you mentioned Abraham, but of course, he's not the only one that talks about law of attraction and no. just raising these vibrations and being one with um, our natural state, attempting to be one with our natural state. And just in case, like, people are still questioning what that natural state is, our natural state is, is happiness, is laughter, is joy, is love, is connectedness. And so, yeah, I just want to reiterate just so people have a very clear understanding. Our brains are an organ that is inside our body. It has autopilot. It has survival mode. And I would say probably 90% of what it does is to keep us alive. That is how we have evolved as humans to this point on this planet right now. But we also have this consciousness and people are still trying to figure out what exactly, they're still trying to quantify the consciousness. What is it? And quantum physics does that a little bit, but it's the consciousness is that part of you that is able to like be the observer of the thoughts in your head. So that is the, the soul piece of us, the spiritual piece of us, that, that piece that's able to actually not be controlled by the monkey mind, by all those thoughts that are swirling. That's our powerful spiritual humanness, if you will. And then there's the body. <laughs> so um, I think it helps for people to, again, like realize that we can choose. I keep saying this, but we get to choose our thoughts, which means we get to choose our feelings and, and our actions, our responses, our reactions because we have consciousness. So we're not just run by our instincts all the time. Like as much as I, you know, and you're an animal communicator. So this, I think this would be an interesting, we could do a whole podcast about this too. <laughs> so like, you know, I believe animals have consciousness, but they are mm -hmm. more driven than humans in general by their instincts. Whereas, you know, humans, because our conscious awareness is a little bit more developed, or I don't know how you would say that. I don't, I don't want to, you know, maybe you should say it. <laughs> so, well, you know what I would actually say is that they are more driven by their instincts because they don't have these limiting beliefs. Ah, that's even better. I love it. Because of the <laughs> so stories. If, they don't if, have the stories. They don't have that attachment. Right. If, so if we paid attention to whatever our natural instincts are, which um, I've heard people say intuition is the same thing as the instinct. It's just, you know, human version versus non-human animal version. And, and I don't know if it's exactly the same thing, but if we listen to our intuition and got rid of our stories, mm -hmm. we'd be more animal-like, follow our instincts. Yeah. And I will say, I think there is an element of um, trust and faith. And when I say faith, I don't mean, you know, like the religious faith, but like a trust that, again, we can take it back to the example of the job, you know, well, I can't just quit my job. What will I do? 
well, we have to trust that there is something out there that our field of attraction will bring us what is in alignment with our vibration. So if we want to attract that job that makes us happy, then we have to be in that space of, you know, enjoying work. And so that's hard. I've been there myself in a job that makes me miserable, but I'm going there for a paycheck. But then knowing that I want to attract a job that makes me happy. So how do I get from A to B with that? And I will tell you, for me, that is where that introspection, that, you know, the journaling, the meditation, the creating of the space to start figuring out what I'm doing with my energy. Am I being deliberate or am I being autopilot unconscious about it? Right. Right. um, Yeah. Being very deliberate. Yeah. So tell everyone where they can find you and work with you and and listen to your wonderful podcast. I can be found. I have a couple of websites. That's one of my previous uh, quote unquote jobs is I love putting websites together. So I guess it's a hobby. Anyways, you can find me at KarenCleveland.com. So R-E-V KarenCleveland.com. You can also, uh, on that has the link to my podcast, which is Connectedness Podcast. I have found if you search for it on Apple or Spotify, you can't find it from Connectedness, but you can find it from Rev Karen Cleveland, much easier. Um, I also have on there a free uh, seven short and simple spiritual practices that will change your life. You know, once we just got to get started sometimes and just getting started And then we grow from there and we develop what we need to. So there's a link to that on my website as well. And I, um, I love to work with people because I love seeing shifts. I love seeing people, you know, it's almost like a, a big leap. Sometimes it's like, I don't like life. I don't like life. I don't like life. It's like, Oh my God, life is great. (laughs) But um, I love seeing that and helping facilitate that happen with other people. So everything's on RevKarenCleveland.com and would love to connect. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being here today. It's been a pleasure. This has been a fantastic conversation. And I think I might have to have you back just to talk solely about animal communication. Absolutely. Would love to. (laughs) All right. Would love to. Have a good day, everyone. Yeah. Thanks so much. All right.